The Soccer Gambling Podcast is brought to you by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized glasses. We're also brought to you by the Golf Gambling Podcast's tailor-made Stealth 2 Driver Giveaway. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver to enter today before the big drawing on April 8th. And finally, we're also brought to you by Baseball Money is Fake, a fantasy baseball podcast. Join Blake and Ryan three times a week and get all the player breakdowns and statistical data you need to dominate. You are listening to Bet MEFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow Bet MEFC on Twitter at Bet MEFC. It's at Bet MEFC. You can follow Soccer Gambling Podcast at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network as well. They are at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. And finally, you can follow my other Twitter account where I talk about all sports. That is at LockBettingCom. That's at LockBettingCom. 
That is the Twitter account for the Lockbetting Podcast, which is the home of that Bundesliga show, formerly on the Soccer Gambling Podcast, now available for free on the Lockbetting Free Podcast. And of course, it is the home for Lockbetting.com. That is the premium pay service from Lockbetting that has delivered 118 months in a row of transparent track profit. Every single spreadsheet is available on the lockbetting.com site. So you can go on the site and have a look, do your research, or if you want to do some quick due diligence, the pinned tweet on the Twitter account at lockbetting.com is always the PL from the previous month. One of the key things to look at when you look through that is how sensible the staking is. There are no five star plays, there are no 10 unit maxes, there are no 20 unit whales, there are no 50 unit diamonds, or any of that monopoly money bullshit it's all sensible staking it's all tracked and transparent and it has led to us going undefeated in sports betting for 118 months in a row of transparent track profit two months away from being able to say we haven't had a single losing month in betting for an entire decade head over to lockbetting.com to sign up for the service we now give out all of the plays via a WhatsApp service. So you still get the written place, but it's all written up and posted to WhatsApp. So it's immediate and you have 24-7 access to me. You also get in-play bets as well. So moving on with this edition of Bet MEFC, Manchester United coming off a much needed win there against Brentford. I would not say that that was a significant bounce back, not as significant as we've seen from Manchester United so far this season. That was scrappy, albeit much needed. Manchester United will need to play a lot better than that in their next couple of games, especially if if they are to make sure they have one foot in the semi-final of the Europa League when they play against Sevilla, who are Europa League specialists. And of course, the FA Cup semi-final coming up against Brighton. What will be a positive, though, is that Casemiro is just a couple of games away from coming back. We've seen how important Casemiro has been this season, mostly when he doesn't play. Because when he doesn't play, we have seen a significant dip from Manchester United on nearly every single occasion. But the next game coming up against Everton is a very winnable one. When I was working out the running, where I was conservative with it, giving Manchester United 24 more points and saying that those 24 more points would get us over the line, not because it's a massively impressive total. When I say over the line, I mean for the top four, but not because it's a massively impressive total, but just because the chasing pack have just been poor so far this season. Chelsea have just appointed Frank Lampard. I don't think Brighton or Brentford or Fulham are going to have the legs. Liverpool can't seem to pick up any points away from home. And when you look at Tottenham, they are just a model of pure inconsistency, which led to Antonio Conte having a mini breakdown whilst he was a Tottenham manager and almost getting himself sacked. Even when they were still in the top four, when he had that breakdown, he ultimately got himself sacked on purpose just because of the culture of Tottenham. So if we were to be overtaken by any of those teams in the final 10 games, that would be a disaster for Manchester United. And I don't see that disaster coming, even though it looks like we are kind of trickling towards the the finish line and uh, what's more concerning for me is not really the top four because of the chasing pack I'm not concerned by the chasing pack but I'm concerned by the fact that we could just pick up one more trophy Sevilla are a dangerous opponent because of their Europa League pedigree after that we're likely to to face Juventus who are going to be very very dangerous because of the 15 point deduction in Serie A they have absolutely nothing else to play for and that's not really a team I wanted to play in the Europa League semi-final and uh, the FA Cup semi-final 
Everyone's talking about the big Manchester final, but we've been given the more dangerous draw. Of course, City always get easy draws. They're against Sheffield United. But we have to play Brighton, who are one of the informed teams of the season. They lost Graham Potter, but somehow managed to improve. Potter got a lot of the credit for what he did at Brighton, but a lot of the credit should go down to the scouting because they seem to just lose players and bring in players who are equally as good consistently. And uh, Roberto De Zerbi, for me, is a better manager than Graham Potter and has done an even better job and has taken Brighton to the next level where they are genuine contenders for Europe. And that is a dangerous semi-final for Manchester United. So while I'm not worried so much about the top four, I am worried about Manchester United finishing this season only in the top four and only having one trophy to show for it, which didn't look like the case after we won the Carabao Cup. But there has been a big hangover since then. Not as significant as some of our ex-players have made it out to be. There's been a lot of silly comments about Manchester United downing tools and things of that nature. But ultimately, there has been a little bit of a drop-off and we need to see that improving. We shouldn't have to wait for Casemiro to come back before Manchester United start playing better. Before we have a listen to Eric Ten Hag and hear what he has to say about the upcoming game against Everton, let me quickly take a time out to tell you guys about Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Underdog Fantasy is a great place to get down on your fan- on your fantasy and player props all year long. Underdog Fantasy has your favourite NBA, NHL and MLB daily games. Plus, they're already doing best ball drafts for the 2023 NFL season. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com and your promo code is SGPN. since Christian played he had a huge impact on uh, on the team before he got injured how, how big a, a bit of news is that given you coming into the key part of the season uh, I think it was not for nothing I was so angry about that bad tackle um, and was away and we first we were we feared he that we lost him for the whole season but uh, he worked very well i think the medical department did really well and in togetherness um, he's already returning into the squad and so available for the final stages of the season so what is yeah, we are very pleased with that you did think you you wouldn't get him again for the first, it was a really bad tackle, and it was a really also a bad injury. Yet, uh, but um, yeah, he's a little bit ahead of the shadow. Um, so now we are very happy with him. James, Eric, you got the passion that you wanted from the players the other night, and got the result. How do you keep that passion now switched on throughout the rest of the season? Yeah, uh, uh, it's um, you have to do it every every game. And that needs preparation, and but it has to be the standard. When you are playing for Manchester United, so there's a demand. So no, but if you have to do it, and that's a responsibility that the player has to deliver. When you are playing for Manchester United, so you have to be accountable. You've beaten Everton twice already this season. That they were a different Everton then. How, how have they changed, and what are they doing differently now under Sean Dyche? Nice. No, it's, it's obviously. Uh, 
the manager doing a great job. Team is really fit from Everton. And they, they, so the physical output is outstanding. So we have to match that. There's a lot of talk that Sean Everton has built their mental strength up, and I know something that's, that's something you are very keen on as well. How do you, how do you build your team's mental strength? What do you do? Uh, it's about demands, <clears throat> and so we have to to match standards uh, always. And it's about um, it's about a culture that you only can be a player from Manchester United when you match those standards, and you have to do it always. And it's not about so once, because um, players, so when you are not in the absolutely top, uh, they can do it once. But from a player who's playing in the top, uh, so competing for trophies, competing for winning uh, Premier League, yeah, you have to do it always so consistent. Is that something that you and your coaching staff can do? Or do you get to a point where you're bringing in outside experts to help, maybe? Of course, that's our job, to, to bring that mentality in. Uh, PA. Uh, yeah, hi Eric. I'm just wondering, um, any more uh, injuries? Anyone uh, available? Not available tomorrow? No, no. it was. Um, I think I, so. Shaw is not available. Christian Eriksen is back in the squad, and for the rest, we have, um, you know, we have a squad. What uh, is, I think, what's ready to play. So Ten Hag, a little bit more pleased. With that result than, than I was, I felt that we scraped through. He was impressed by the performance, called it a fighting performance. Um, Christian Eriksen back, Luke Shaw out. I think Eriksen will probably be eased in after that injury, an injury that was supposed to put him out for the rest of the season. Horrible tackle from Andy Carroll, who's a horrible player. His career has been moving in the wrong direction ever since he moved to Liverpool. A thirty-five million pound flop, and I guess that's what he has to do in order to um, make himself noteworthy and relevant is to try and injure a player like Christian Eriksen. But Eriksen's been through worse. Obviously, we all know what he went through previously, and um, he's made another great recovery, and he will be in the squad. But as I said, it's probably best to ease him in, and um, we're in good shape. I feel if um, we do get a one hundred percent Eriksen. By the time we get to the difficult part of our running, which I think will be um, getting past Sevilla, getting past Brighton, having to play against Juve, seeing through this chase for the, the Champions League position, just getting over the line and making sure we do finish in the top four and don't have some kind of humiliating um, humiliating exit out of the top four after having such a solid start to the season. Well, not solid start to the season, but a solid recovery from the poor start. A, a great um, recovery from the first two games with a few blips where when United seem to be blipping, they seem to be blipping hard with 6-3 defeats against City and 4-0 against Brentford and 7-0 against Liverpool and a Newcastle game where we should have lost by more than two goals, but Newcastle's finishing was not as good as it was when they took West Ham to pieces in midweek. But uh, ultimately, it would be a massive disappointment for Man United to relinquish the top four and to not add another trophy or not reach another cup final but to have Fernandez, Casemiro and Eriksen that that front that that first choice three in midfield along with Marcus Rashford doing his thing up front and having a choice to 
to rotate between uh, Weghorst and Martial. My preference would be Martial. And to have uh, Jaden Sancho back in form. And if we don't use Jaden Sancho, we have other options out wide as well that we can implement in that position instead. But but Sancho, an informed Sancho, would be my preference. Then um, Manchester United can have a strong finish to the season. Of course, Garnacho is a player who's missing from that wide position. I think he has established himself as a potential first choice player for the future, but he won't be available for the rest of the running. Of course, we can also play Marcus Rashford down the middle, which means that we don't have to play either Martial or Weghorst. And we could even play Bruno Fernandes out wide and bring another player into midfield. If Scott McTominay continues playing the way he's played as of late, he was good against Brentford in midweek. He obviously scored the two goals for Scotland against Spain, which was hugely surprising to, to some people. We can also play Fred in there with Casemiro. That's good enough for Brazil. Should, should be good enough for Manchester United. There's lots of different things we can do, lots of different adaptations, different ways that we can get players into this team, giving us the ability to rotate and make sure nobody's completely cream-crackered for the running. But Everything is a lot better with Ericsson and Casemiro available again. Before we focus specifically on the Everton game, let me tell you we're brought to you by Golf Gambling Podcast and their tailor-made driver contest. The contest is completely free to enter and you have a chance to win an awesome tailor-made driver. The drawing will take place on Sunday, April 8th to make sure you get in by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver. So it's Manchester United versus Everton tomorrow. Manchester United are the four to seven favourites to pick up back-to-back home wins off the back of picking up that recent win against Brentford. It's 10 to three on the draw and Everton are the nine to two away underdogs here. Sean Dyche has done a decent job at Everton. Not many people are talking about Everton as serious relegation contenders now this season. That's because Sean Dyche has come in and has primarily fixed things for Everton at home, where they've been very, very solid. Away from home, not so much. And this is why Manchester United should be able to pick up the win here. No one's talking really about Everton as um, as relegation threatened as a relegation threatened team as much as they did before but they are only level on points with Bournemouth who are in 18th spot it's their goal difference that keeps them out they may be 16th in the table but um, they're joined by West Ham who are 15th in the table on 27 then you've got Everton on 16th spot with 27 Forest in 17th with 27, Bournemouth in 18th with 27 and then it's a drop off to Leicester on 25 from 29 games and Southampton on 23 points from 29 games. And a lot of people think that Southampton are already down, but they're only four points outside of escaping the relegation zone. I think they will go down. I think they're definitely the worst team in there. I'm looking for Leicester to possibly get out, but at the moment, that doesn't seem to be the case. Just because they're Leicester, there is no automatic escape pass for them and um, there's no get out of jail free card for Leicester by the look of things they've sat Brendan Rodgers they're looking to to do it with a with a new manager for the final nine games and they are desperate for points but Leicester could be that big scalp that nobody saw coming being relegated from the EPL but anybody could go down all the way up to Crystal Palace in 12th spot they're only three points themselves outside the relegation zone despite sitting all the way up in 12th just inside the the bottom half 
Above them is Chelsea uh, in 11th spot with 39 points. Joint level with Fulham on 39 points. You would assume that Chelsea are safe. But uh, yeah, anybody from Palace on 30 points to Leeds 29, to Wolves 28, to West Ham 27, to Everton 27, to Forest 27, to Bournemouth 27, to Leicester 25, to Southampton 23. Any one of those three could go down for me. It does look like the three who are already down there, um, I think Leicester have just sold too many players. This is a shell of the Leicester team from a few years ago that not only won the league, but even the team that won the FA Cup under Brendan Rodgers. This is a far cry from that team and they could definitely go down this season. I'm not. I'm now past the point where I'm looking at them and going, hey, this is Leicester, they're too big to go down or, or hey, this is Forest or hey, this is Everton or hey, this is West Ham, Wolves or Leeds. They all big Premier League teams. I know Forest have only come up this season, but they have big history and they spent a lot of money, but anybody could go down this season. I think um, Everton... Everton's fate is not going to be determined by results that they get away to the likes of Man United, Man City and Liverpool and whatnot. Um, and therefore, I think Manchester United should be going on to win this game. United are unbeaten in 23 competitive home games and have won 20 of those games. While Everton, they've won just one of their Premier League away games all season. So as I mentioned, it's been their home form that's that's got them out of the relegation conversation for some people. They're definitely still in it, but you just don't hear them mentioned as much at the moment. Obviously, people are not talking about the managerial change. That's often when um, when teams are mostly spoke about when it comes to relegation. Do they need to change their manager? Who can they potentially bring in to get them away from the drop? No one's talking about Everton in that in that, in that context at the moment because they're just bringing Sean Dyche and it has been an improvement. They've gone from 19th spot to 16th spot primarily because of their home form. But as I said, they've only won one away league game all this season. They've lost six of their last 10 trips and their last away win and since their last away win, failing to score in all six of those defeats. So, a safe way into this game to get you away from the shorter price of four to seven would possibly be to take Manchester United to win and to tack on the under four and a half goals. I don't see five goals in this game, primarily because I don't see Everton contributing towards the scoring. And even if they do, I don't see Manchester United scoring four goals. Man United have gone a little bit goal shy at the moment. The last game where they beat Brentford 1-0 broke a sequence of three games without scoring a goal in the EPL, which was massively concerning. And it would surprise me to see Manchester United suddenly going off tomorrow and scoring four or five goals, especially against an Everton team who are managed by Sean Dyche and who are going to set up defensively with a defensive low block and it will be a case of Manchester United dominating the possession, dominating the ball, dominating the shot count, dominating the expected goals numbers, dominating the corners and eventually looking through a breakthrough against a stubborn Everton defence who will sit in deep. It would not even surprise me to see Everton actually getting something from a counter or a set piece either to to get the first goal in this game or equalising after Manchester United are unable to put their foot down and get the second goal but ultimately I think United have too much quality. I think they will see it through, but I don't see five goals in this game. So Man United and under four and a half goals is your main lean for this game. And that's available at a price of 10 to 11 minus 110. That's it for me. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.